Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 64 of Season 4 of Move Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a hilarious and poignant journey through the 1989 Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan rom-com when Harry met Sally, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is author and podcaster Tierney Steele. Welcome back to the show, Tierney. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And, you know, I, we mentioned earlier this week that we would be coming up to the point where we were passing the two thirds point of the movie. And that is actually this episode, 64. 64 is the two thirds point or six point sixty six percent of the movie or 67. However, you want to look at point sixty six point six six, something like that. Whatever it is, it's a great minute. Yes, that it is. I love I love this minute so much. Even though it got me in trouble because I have a four-year-old at home and I was watching the minutes thinking, it's when Harry met Sally. He won't get it. And then she drops an F-bomb. And I, I saw, like, the tiniest flicker of interest. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't pay attention to me. It's, it's a good thing Back you, to Pokemon you or whatever you're doing. It's a good thing you weren't <laughs> watching the scene in the deli two weeks ago. <laughs> but again, he wouldn't know, you know. Oh, that's right. She does that anyway. Anyway, <laughs> actually, it's funny. I, <laughs> I, I express feelings of loss. I in college had a friend who I wanted to be more than a friend. He did not want to be more than a friend. And now, as an adult looking back, I can say I should have just given up on that. Whatever. What did it matter? But of course, when you're 20, that's not how your brain works. And I actually could not watch the movie When Harry Met Sally for a while because it just made me so sad to think about how that did not happen. Right. Okay. Me. I understand. So so uh, it, it actually had been a while since I watched When Harry Met Sally. Um, so I did not remember the, uh, casual cussing. Minute 64 begins with Harry chasing after Sally and ends with Harry and Sally getting ready to go back inside. Yesterday we ended things. They were in the middle of a, an argument on the, on the street and Sally gets upset and starts walking away. And this minute Harry starts walking after and he goes, what? You never get upset about Joe. I never see that back up on you. How is that possible? Don't you experience any feelings of loss? And then she stops and turns around and says, I don't have to take this crap from you. If you're so over Joe, why aren't you seeing anyone? I see people. See people. Have you slept with one person since you broke up with Joe? What the hell does that have to do with anything? That will prove I'm over Joe because I fuck somebody. Harry, you're going to have to move back to New Jersey because you've slept with everyone in New York. And I don't see that turning Helen into a faint memory for you. Besides, I will make love to somebody when it is making love, not the way you do it, like you're out for revenge or something. And then he turns to her and says, are you finished now? Yes. Can I say something? Yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So mm. another great conversation between the two of them. It just, it flows really well. They, they just do it so perfectly, the two of them. With the they're 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 arguing and they're not arguing, you know that type of thing. Hmm. You know, you, you, they're, they're arguing uh, without anger. How's that? Yeah. You know, they 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 get a little upset, but not anger. Yeah. Well, and it's he immediately. He's like, I'm in the wrong. 
I love his apology at the end. And like, what I love is that he says, can I say something? And she says, yes. And you can tell she's not sure. Like she thinks they're still fighting. Like, what is he going to say? And that, or, or are you finished? Yes. Can I say something? Yes. And she's like really hesitant. Like, Oh God, what's he going to say now? Because he has hurt her. Right. He obviously has hurt her feelings by accusing her of this, but she has stood her ground. She has held her boundary. She said, you know, I don't have to take this crap from you <laughs> before she realized how much crap she was not going to be taking from him. That's right. And he realizes, like, I crossed a line. I hurt her feelings just because I'm pissed off. And I'm sorry. And it's perfect. And I love it so much. Yes. It, it really is. It's, it's a great conversation the way that they're 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 doing this. It's just I I I, I love it too. You know, but they, I mean, I I like the fact that they both feel comfortable enough with their friendship to talk to each other this way. Mm-hmm. You know, they're close enough that they can actually say these things, and and then also quickly find a way to 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 make up. You know, and apologize. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not it's not something that's escalating completely out of control, but they're still no. both getting off their chest what it is that they, they want to say and what they feel needs to be said. Yeah, they are saying things that they believe, but they are not saying things that, like, someone is going to throw back in their face. Right. They're not saying it in a hurtful way either. Yeah. You know, they're really not. And, and that line, you know, you're going to have to go back to New Jersey is such a good dig. Yes, it really is. <laughs> It really is. But but let, let's go back a little bit where she's where he says, if you're so over Joe, why aren't you seeing anyone? Now, mm. m- my first question with this is, is that one thing has nothing to do with the other. You know, if, if she is over Joe, but is, you know, it's not as if she's been saying the whole time she's like holding a candle for Joe or anything like that. You know, we, we all know that there are times in, in your life when you're single and you're trying to find somebody. But it doesn't yeah. mean that you're going to be with somebody if you don't find the right person. You know, m- most normal people are not going to be with someone that they don't want to be with. Yeah. You Harry know, just... is a serial dater. <laughs> yes. But he's also and not he... with anybody. But his definition, yeah. but uh, in a few moments, you know, we'll yeah. see that his definition is different than, than Sally's definition. That's yes. fine. But yes. but his I think his definition is different than anyone else's. It's not just <laughs> it's not just Sally's. It's the idea that you know when he says why aren't you seeing anyone? Seeing anyone could just yeah. you know his his definition of seeing anyone is sleeping with somebody, not yeah. dating somebody. Why are I mean he knows somebody exactly. He knows that Sally is dating. Yeah. You know, and and the fact that he hasn't that she hasn't found the right guy to keep dating with, you know, that's fair. You know, that, yeah. that's not something that's not something to be upset at her it's about. Been like six months. <laughs> it's not a long time to be in a dating slump. It's fine. Correct. Correct. And think about it. Harry it took him how long till he started dating. And, you know, at the and then Sally throws the line at him that, you know, he slept with everybody in New York. He's now going to move to uh, move back to New Jersey. Yeah. So I, I did a little bit of research on how many single women there are in New York City. Just to get an idea. Okay. <laughs> because obviously she's exaggerating here. Every woman just recognized the Sex in the City theme, by the way. I, to your podcast. I, I did. probably saw for all of the men. <laughs> I did too. I recognized yeah, it did. also. 
Um, so first of all, the, the, the population of New York is 53% female and 47% male. Okay. And that is, you know, the fact that there is a gender imbalance that it makes it more difficult for women to find a partner. And so the, the number of, uh, never married singles between the ages of 20 and 34 are, <laughs> according to this data right now is 729,500. I don't think that Harry is anywhere close to that. And if he is, then Sally should be running very, very far and very fast away it from is- him. Still a great line. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying it's not a great line. <laughs> it is. It is worth it for the great line. Yes, for sure. No, I love uh, the line. I think it's great. Yeah. What... And I like that it kind of like shocks him out of because he had this mental image of like this is what means that you're over someone, and she throws it back and says you're not over Helen, even though you've been doing that. So he has to kind of like confront in that moment. That what he believed would make him feel better didn't make him feel better. Well, it makes him feel better for a short period of time. Well, that's that's the way yeah, he's looking but... at it. He's not <laughs> looking at the... he's not looking long term. Yeah. I I, th- I think that's Harry. Harry doesn't look long term. Harry just looks short term. Yeah, and Sally but is I looking long term. Even that, like you know, he was doing that to get over Helen. Seeing Helen through him so hard that he's like, oh, she's right. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's just seeing Helen. I think it's seeing Helen with Ira. Hmm. You know, seeing Helen quote unquote happy. Again, you yeah, know, yeah, the, the, yeah. W- she doesn't smile at all, so I don't really know if you can really tell that she's happy, but you know, the idea is is that, you know, I know that when 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 I got divorced, you know, the the one thing that really bothered me was thinking about the fact that that my, you know, ex-wife would find someone before I did. Okay, and mm-hmm. and here I am, sixteen years later. No, more. Um, how many years has it been? Uh, all right, seventeen years later, and she never got remarried, and I'm remarried happily for the last twelve and a half years. So, <laughs> you know, if you look at it from that perspective, you know, uh, you know, there's there's no reason why I needed to be. Do- unhappy Do you feel by like that you time. won the divorce? Is that it? <laughs> no, no, not at all. I don't think that. You know, I, I think I think I made the right decision the second time. I think yeah. that's what it comes down to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and, and it comes up quite often in my house. My 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 kids from my second marriage ask these things. <laughs> oh god. You know, no, um, that's fine. They're you know, they you know, it's it, it goes along with the 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 someone I, I actually just heard this story last week or two weeks ago, something like that. My my mother told me the story that when we were kids we were at like uh, a friend of theirs house for for dinner or something like that and they were they were talking about my stepfather's ex-wife and someone said yeah i think my stepfather said you know oh i don't have to worry about it she no one who would want to marry her and then apparently my (laughs) sister said to him well you did (laughs) nice And so when, when that conversation came up last week, I immediately had a response saying, okay, well, now I know better, you know? Yeah. yeah. So back back to single people, all right? What yep. do you think are the top 10 cities with the most single women and the most single men? We'll, we'll do them separately. Oh, my God. I, I, I don't have uh, numbers. I don't have numbers, but just the, the top 10 cities. What city do you uh, think has the most single women? In, in the U.S.? Uh, is it... 
LA? Um, at least? No, LA is not on the list. Wow. Because, like, LA, New York, Chicago are the biggies. New, uh, New York isn't on the list either. Really? Yes. All right. So they must be doing, like, percentages then. They could be. Could be. I have so no idea. Number then. number ten is Chicago. Number nine is Memphis. Number eight okay. is Philadelphia. Seven New Orleans. Six Milwaukee. Five Boston. Four Atlanta. Three Cleveland. Two Baltimore. And number one is Detroit, my hometown. Wow. With the most single women and the most single cool. men. So the 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 cities pretty much overlap most of the time. Philadelphia okay. is number ten. Tucson, Arizona is number nine. Hmm. New Orleans is number eight. Milwaukee is number seven. Baltimore is number six. Boston is number five. Minneapolis, four. Atlanta, three. Detroit, two. And Cleveland as the most single men. So uh, apparently the TV show Hot in Cleveland, you know, they, they, (laughs) they claimed that it was a... You know, it was a great spot for singles. And according to what I just said right now, you know, Cleveland appears uh, number three for most single women and number one for the most single men. So they they apparently got something. You got that right. Apparently um, that there are 68.7% of the city's population are unmarried. Hmm. Wow. That's. Yeah. That's really high. Yeah. Yeah, that's very. Boston always gets a boost because we're a college town, but Cleveland does too. Yeah, I don't know that. That's just. Um, uh, Yeah, that's very strange. But that just means that everyone living in these cities gets to enjoy watching people fight in public. Um, Actually, no, it's super (laughs) awkward. Um, That was always something I remembered from the show "How I Met Your Mother." Yes. You know, you're a real. They were saying New Yorker, but I think this applies to any city when you kill a bug with your bare hands can understand the subway conductor, like the PA announcements on public transit. No, 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 no. And when you cry (laughs) in public and don't care. Interesting. (laughs) And that is 100% accurate from my experience living in Boston. Um, But I also used to live in an area, we lived down the street from a bar. And so my then boyfriend and I got to hear many people have many fights walking back to their car or, or where I guess they maybe back to the tea. Let's hope they weren't drinking and driving. Uh, many, many couples broke up within our earshot. Wow. Because <laughs> we'd be lying in bed and it'd be like 2 a.m. and they would be fighting in the streets, yelling at each other like, I saw you looking at her or whatever. Um but yeah, when when you live in a city, you just you just do things in public, like have these incredibly personal fights with your friend, <laughs> and think nothing of it, or who could be walking by or hear you? Just they do not exist. Right. It's the true. sidewalk is for you and the person you're talking to. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yep. Now, what what I find really interesting is when she says this line to him about that he has to you know move back to New Jersey. Because he slept with everyone in New York, and I don't see that turning Helen into a faint memory for you. Did did you notice Billy Crystal's facial response to that? 
he, he looks as if he really is is hurt by that. You know, yeah. it looks like he's got yeah. a you know a punch in the gut from mm-hmm. from that that particular line. He wasn't expecting it. No, because I think he also. I, I'm not sure how to phrase He thought he was getting away with it. Like, he thought people thought he was happy. And and that this sadness over Helen was something that only he knew about. But now he realized, oh, wait, Sally can tell. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. different mm-hmm. being sad about your ex and then realizing other people know you're sad about your ex. Correct. <laughs> certain things you want to try and keep to yourself and then you realize that it's, yeah. it's not so yeah. private he he thought the facade was working and it has become abundantly clear to him this week that it is not <laughs> right that's very true and that's he probably true. didn't even realize it was a facade until he was confronted with Helen and Ira <laughs> he was probably lying to himself that he was not bothered by any of this that's true and he was he was too angry to be sad and now it's like oh I am sad. But he also... People know I'm sad. I'm sad. (laughs) He also never expected to bump into Helen. You know, that's the thing. You know, when he says in a a city of 8 million people, you know, you don't expect to to bump into your your ex in, Mm -hmm. you know, in the sharper image. You know, that's something that uh, is... is, Makes sense. You know. Now, one of the things that they mentioned on the commentary about this scene, okay, Rob Renner Mm -hmm. talks about the fact that he says this... He always has fond memories of this scene because this scene was shot on the day when he met his future wife. <gasps> oh, wow. Okay. Michelle Singer, who is now his wife, and they've been married since the 19th of May, 1989. She apparently was friends with Barry Sonnenfeld and his wife, and they were going out to lunch with her uh, on that day. And they invited Rob Reiner along, not even to try and fix them up or anything like that. Yeah. And Aww. and it worked out. And, you know, they've, they've now been together for 30, 33 years, 30, almost 34 years. You know, so it's just funny on both commentary tracks. He mentions it. You know, there's one commentary track where it's just him. And then there's the other one, which which is with uh, Nora Ephron and uh, Billy Crystal. And he mentions in mm-hmm. both of them, you know, how much he <laughs> loves uh, watching this scene because it reminds him of the day that he met his 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 future wife for the very first time. And it's a beautiful day. Yes, it really is. <laughs> it looks good. Yes, and that this is. Uh, I think he says this was this was filmed in the Upper West Side. I think that's what he says at that point. Huh. And uh, okay, so you you mentioned earlier, I think it was yesterday, the day before, that there was a lot you wanted to say about Joe. Did you want to say it today, or you want to wait till tomorrow? No, I just, the, this idea that, was it about, like, why doesn't Sally feel the loss that Harry did? And I'm trying to remember the specifics of her and Joe breaking up, but, like, There Harry are no specifics. Was, she just mentioned. Harry was cheated on by his wife. It's a totally different situation. Correct. Like, he's comparing apples to oranges here. You know, I think in his mind, Joe and Helen were equivalent to both of them, and they weren't. Correct. So I think that also hurts him to realize, like, oh, in my brain, you've been going through the same thing as me, but you haven't. Like, she hasn't. It's not the, It's not comparable. Right. 
Right, because it also for 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 Sally, it wasn't a shock. It was something that was gradual. That eventually they yeah. realized that okay, they're they're not meant to be together, and that's it. They want different things in life. Yeah, and and it doesn't sound I, like it was particularly, uh, you know, it, it, in amic. You know, it was it was more amicable. It wasn't mil- uh, militaristic. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes, it was more amicable. <laughs> right. Right, which makes more sense that you know from that perspective. But but you know, I, I started mentioning this yesterday. I am reading into that even more by saying, "Wait a second, you know, what does this say about her relationship with Joe? You know, the fact that you know that it doesn't bother her at all or anything like that. So why was she with him for five years? Like, was she in a stupor throughout that time, and then she woke up one day realizing that? Wait a second. Not just that we want different things in life, but this isn't the guy I want to be with. You know? Oh, no. I see people stay with s- significant others just out of inertia. Like, that's their life. They're a couple. They're together. Why would you rock the boat if something isn't wrong? And then they wake up five years later and they're like, well, what's wrong is that it's not right. Correct. You know? like Right. But she's I, not- I, I see it more as that. You know, they had their little, like, honeymoon period in the beginning where they were all lovey-dovey. And then it just became, like, a fact of life. And that wasn't enough for her. And it, it shouldn't be enough for anybody. Just like, oh, well, what am I going to do? Break up with you and find someone else? That sounds like a lot of work. Right. I'll just stay. Okay, no, I, I completely agree with you on that. I mean, and... and it... <laughs> but there are people who would have stayed with Joe. Just like, oh, I've already invested five years in this relationship. You know, we're fine. Right. We'll come we'll come to some sort of compromise. We'll talk it out. Right. But no, she she took the plunge so that she could find love. <laughs> yeah. No, it reminds me of the little joke where you have this this uh, couple in their nineties that go to to get a divorce. And they say, mm. Why are you getting divorced now? You've been married for seventy years. So we've been waiting for the kids to die. Oh, <laughs> You know, again, it's a joke. That's fine. But, uh, you know, it it accentuates the same idea that sometimes people wait because they they don't want to have to, they don't want the hassle. That's what it comes down to. You know, they don't want to rock the boat. Right. Correct. And, uh, but I I don't know. I'm sure she was sad. Like, I'm sure she felt some sense of loss. I don't know. Because they first broke up. I don't know. I don't know about that. I, I, because, when she informs uh, Alice and Marie that that she, you know, that she and Joe are no longer together, you know, she yeah. says it very matter of factly, and it was just like two days later. And she says, "Oh, Joe and I are are, are are no longer going out." Yeah, yeah. And then Marie goes, "Huh? Joe's single?" Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember. I feel like there is a split second. I may be totally like misremembering this, where she almost like has a little sigh like she almost has to like kind of steal herself and she's like and now i will tell them that we broke up yeah like you're right it is very matter of fact but that's just that's who sally is correct um and you know like she said it's not in it 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 was it sounds like it was reasonably amicable it was just we wanted different things like no big deal but like you know she's She's still out of sad, and now she's seeing people, right? And she's dating other people, and kind of like seeing what the field is like, and apparently not and, very happy about it. <laughs> yeah, 
and trying to find someone else, but she's a very picky person, so why should it shock us that she doesn't like a lot of these guys probably don't get a second date. <laughs> That's right. But uh, that'll change tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll, we'll be able to talk a little bit more about that one. Yeah, and dating's hard, period. Yes. Like, but if you're Sally. I, regardless. <laughs> yeah. So I I think she's doing, I think she's doing just fine. And I think, again, I think it's that Harry had it built up in his mind. Like, oh, this is someone who's going through the same thing as me. Right. And that just put blinders on him to the reality that that's not what happened. Right. So no, that's I actually a very good point. I didn't even I didn't even think about that from the, from that perspective. You know that that he is looking at it that you know that that they are both there to help the other one get through something similar, but in the end, you know they're both going through completely different things. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I love I love Harry for the fact that he immediately is like, I have crossed a line. She is right. I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. <laughs> More or less. Which, which you got to give him credit for the fact that he, as self-centered as Harry is, he's still mm -hmm. able to walk up to Sally and apologize. It's only Sally, though. But still. But still. <laughs> you know. Yep. He can do it. Yes. He can do it. Yes, it's you beautiful. can. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> All right. Great. So, so do you have anything else you want to say about this minute before we get into the script? No, I'm all set. All right. Let's hear it. Let's hear what was supposed yes. to happen that day that Rob Wright so, met yeah, the, it, it, It's a little different here also. Um, again, I'll read it through because then we get to hear the flow of it. So Harry says, what? You never get upset about Joe. I never see it back up on you. How is this possible? Don't you experience any feelings of loss? And then Sally says... I've experienced my loss. I've had my mourning period. I'm done with it. And then Harry says to her, what mourning period? Hmm. One hour in Bloomingdale's? You bought a pocketbook and heartbreak flew right out the window? I don't have to take this from you. And then Sally storms back into the building. Harry follows. And then he says to her, this is actually taking place inside as opposed to outside. And then he says, if you're so overjoyed, why haven't you been seeing anyone? And then that goes through the... The, the story, the, the same dialogue as before. It even has in here about New Jersey, you know, that, that he has to move to New Jersey. And then he turns to her and goes, are you finished now? Mm. She goes, yes. Then can I ask you something? Yes. Do snapping turtles really snap? Is there an audible snap? Do they? And then <laughs> Sally goes, Harry. And then says, Sally makes a locking her lip motion. She then throws away the imaginary key. Harry complies with, with her instructions. He then silently points back to Jess and Marie's, indicating, should we go back inside? Sally nods. As they walk back into the house, Harry starts to speak. Sally makes the locking gesture again. Again, Harry complies. They walk up the steps and into the house. So, first of all, I think that, that it's great that they have that here, because it goes with what you were saying, uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before, that you know, they didn't even need to talk. <laughs> you know, they could have just shut mm -hmm. up. They could have just shut up yeah. and, and worked it worked it out. And here, Sally is specifically <laughs> telling Harry, "Shut up!" But she's doing it in a polite way. You know, doing doing the the uh, lock lock your lips with uh, with a key motion. So I think that really works well. Mm. But again, I like the way they did it here. Also, you know, yeah. both both ways work. All right. Yeah. So. Every Thursday, we have a segment called Off the Beaten Track, Dating Courting Edition, where my guest will give a story, anecdote, 
adventure, misadventure, something that happened to them over the course of their lives that is connected to dating or courting. So, Tierney, you have another story for us? I have one that's connected to dating and involves being on the sidewalk in the city <laughs> out in public. Um, and it's funny because I... I wrote down, you know, I was watching it, the line about put your name in the books. We're both librarians. So I said, okay, fine, I'll do that. And then I thought about, I was trying to think of a second thing. And I said to my husband, like, do we have an anecdote from when we were dating? And he thought of this one. And I was like, okay, that's the only other thing I can think of, too. So he gets credit. Which is he gets credit for it. We went on, we yeah. went, yeah, he gets credit. We went on our first date that I informed And him you we went to go see Transformers 3. <laughs> <laughs> nope uh uh the star trek oh. movie the uh when they when they rebooted it with chris pine um so it was while we were standing in line for transformers 2 i mentioned my frustration that everyone had told me how good the star trek movie was but no one wanted to go see it like a second time you know by the time i everyone was saying how good it was it was out of theaters or everyone had already seen it and he had said in passing Oh, I think it's coming to the Ooh. IMAX, actually. So I informed him we would be going to see it at the IMAX. <laughs> so we set the date. We met up. We got pizza beforehand. Um, and we were sitting outside. This is in Boston. So we, we went to Regina's, ate pizza. And we went to the IMAX, which is down by the aquarium. We watched Transformers. And it was a nice night. It had been a hot day. We came out to an absolute downpour <laughs> um i had a raincoat like my rain jacket with me so i think we had known like it was in the forecast but it was pouring buckets <laughs> but you, the date is going well so we decided to walk to the t you know like not just hop on the nearest t and head straight home we wanted to like walk and talk but it's freaking pouring or maybe it, it started pouring while we were walking but we ended up under there is a huge overhang at the Suffolk Law School. It's like two and a half stories tall. So we ended up under there to get out of the rain. And there were a couple other people also standing under there to get out of the rain. And so that's where we ended up standing and like talking for, you know, we need to talk on a first date for like half an hour about, I don't, who, no one remembers what. No one remembers what because of what happened next, which was, was that a crazy person also came <laughs> under the overhang. If you've lived in a city, you've dealt with crazy people. This one had taken off his belt and was twirling it like a ribbon oh, dancer. Wow. <laughs> there was Beltman. No one really knew what to do. And Chris kind of put himself between me and Beltman and said, maybe we should be getting going to the T. And we made our way to the train and I took the, the T. It's our subway. I took the tea home and I got home and I was absolutely freaking drenched. And I think I even like used a hairdryer on my hair like I was that way. Um, but, but lo, these many years later, what would that have been? No, 2009. Star Trek came out in Maybe? 2009. Okay. So it would have been 2000. So 2009. And if you ask both of us, like, do you have any anecdotes from your dating times? We both immediately think of, remember <laughs> Piltman? <laughs> So that's, that's my story. <laughs> All right. Very cool. Thank you very much for that. So you want to once again, tell people how they can find Tierney Steele. 
oh sure i've been oversharing about my relationship since t- no <laughs> um i think i started podcasting in like 2014 2015 um my first shows were return to oz minute and the never ending minute um so 80s goodness all around but with kids in those cases uh and so if you want to look those up and hear my first early days of podcasting you can um there are links to them at onesteelsister.com so all right and while you're doing that you go rate review subscribe on any podcast you might be using to listen to the show finding me is very simple just do a quick search for movie rob minute you can find me on facebook find me on twitter and you can find me on my website movie rob minute Dot com. So, Tierney, you feel like coming back again tomorrow to finish off this week? Ooh, I can do it. I'm excited. All right. You, you should be. Just, uh, you know, get get your <laughs> put, put your guessing hat on because there's, there's going to be oh, a lot of God. things to guess. You know, maybe about monkeys yes. or apes or babies. I have so, so much happens in the next minute. That's how right. will we ever contain it all? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to try and figure out how to do that. All right. So until next right. time, I'll have what she's having. I'll have what she's Give having. Give me your thrill with all your faults. I love you still. It had to be you. Wonderful you. Had to be you.